Debt is a significant source of stress, which can adversely affect mental health. A study conducted by Northwestern University found that adults with high levels of debt reported stress levels about 12% higher than average. They have symptoms of depression and anxiety. Furthermore, living debt-free can improve self-esteem and cognitive function, as financial stress can impair decision-making abilities and risk assessment. I'm Joe. My pal over there is Kurt. And we are Dudes in Progress. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Joe. How you doing, pal? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing okay, man. I have a question for you. Of course I do, right? How do you feel about debt? Personal debt? I hate it. And I totally understand your intro. It does cause tremendous amount of stress and sleepless nights. That's what I think it does. So, yeah, I doesn't surprise me your statistics there at all. I actually would think it'd be kind of worse. I think it causes a lot of fights, too. There's a really good old book that has a, an interesting take on debt, Kurt, from the Holy Bible itself <laughs> okay. in giant print. <laughs> Proverbs 22. Oh. Yeah, no, this, these are, this is the Old Testament, man. We're going way okay. back. Ah, Old school Bible, man. This is old school Bible. All right. Uh, Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Oh, yeah. That cuts me deep, dude. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you think you are really, if I owe somebody money, if I owe you a hundred dollars, Kurt. And I go spend $100 on dinner tonight for me and my wife. Whose $100 did I just spend? Mine or yours? Yeah, you spent mine. I spent your $100, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and it's true. I, I don't even like to be in debt even $5 to somebody that I know. It eats at me for sure until I pay that off. I like these programs on our phone now. What's the the banking one where you can send people your friends money? Oh, like Venmo and yeah, Venmo. Pay, I use like I, a, I use PayPal a lot. PayPal and right. cash stuff, and my my kids use those all the time. Venmo was popular, and even when there's something going on where we're donating to something, it, it like nags at me till I push the button and get it done. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't I don't like debt. I'm not a fan of debt. I have been in debt. I've been in significant debt in my life. Uh, yeah. There's been a time in my life that I've had mountains of medical debt that I had to work through. I'm just kind of reading my mail out loud here a little bit. I I hate debt. I hate what it does to. I hate what it does to people. It makes them. It it, it causes poor decisions. It leads to more debt. It's funny. It's it debt leads leads to more debt uh, mm. because once you go in debt and you get used to it, you think that that's kind of the way it, the the lifestyle is. It's funny how you say you're going back to the the Bible and these ancient texts all talk about this same topic. It's fascinating. And I started 
book on, we talked about Benjamin Franklin a lot. And I, I'll talk about this in my win for the week. I got we, my win for the week because I got interested in the American Revolution and history and led me to Ben Franklin's autobiography and poor Richard Almanac and all the sayings. And yeah, there's absolutely some good ones around money too. And I think that's going to be my next topic is to get into a little bit of Ben Franklin. Yeah. Ben Franklin's all awesome. Have you, have you read through his biography? Just started today. Really looking at that. It had, and- it's an interesting read. It's interestingly written. You just, you really have to push through the language and right. the structure and the tempo, uh, because it certainly isn't a book like we would read today, unless they've, unless they've, translate it in a way to put it in modern language. If you read the original text, it can be awkward to read, but you push through it and it's, gosh, there's so much in there. A lot of wisdom. And I'm looking at the poor Richard's almanac a little bit today and some of the statements in there and poems and those kinds of things. And it's just old time, classic wisdom. Well, we kind of have our own modern day guru on debt. And I've referred to him a lot during this, these money conversations, because for the most part, I agree with 90% of what he talks about. And that's Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is a bit of a lightning rod because he is kind of tell it like he sees it. He's very overt in his opinion, and he doesn't mess around. He's certainly not, not out to make friends. He, he, and he certainly has his critics. I believe in most of what he says, especially phil- philosophically. How we get there, I may differ from him a bit, but philosophically, I agree with Dave Ramsey. And getting out of debt and how, how much more free you can live if you live debt free. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you too. I mean, sometimes he gets a little hardcore, like, like sell everything. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think well, the reason he's so hard, hardcore is I believe that Dave believes he's saving lives. And if you are that passionate about it, that you believe you are saving lives not only saving lives, but you are saving generations of lives, mm-hmm. pulling people out of debt and waving this debt-free banner. Uh, that's why he's so passionate about it. That's why he's so direct. And that's why he's so ho- hardcore. I really believe that. It's, it's, a, it's a ministry for him. It's a passion. It's a mission for, for Dave Ramsey. And it certainly shows. And he's, you know, quite honestly, off this platform, this debt-free platform, he has made himself gobs and gobs and gobs of money, dude. <laughs> he sure has. And he is, he's been waving these like simple little seven steps to, to living debt-free and what to do with your money once you're debt-free. He really has. He's built an empire from it. Well, like we've always said, the, the plan is simple. The execution isn't that easy. The radio program, when people call in, they get in some, to some technical deep dives with personal situations that that he seems to handle quite well, but his, his basics are easy to understand. And we're going to talk about some of these basics, especially paying off all of your debt. The first one is save a thousand dollars for your starter emergency fund. The goal is to have a small cushion to cover unexpected, unexpected expenses, pay off all your debt. Now that's one sentence. <laughs> that's yeah. one sentence that has a whole lot to it. <laughs> and we will, we'll probably talk most about paying off all your debt. And then he says, 
save three to six months expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. So you take your thousand dollar starter emergency fund, and then you expand that to three to six months of expenses and that's living expenses. And we talked a little bit about living expenses when we talked about the 50, 20, 30 plan. Uh, remember the 50, 20, 30 plan live off for sure, live off 50%. And that's your bare minimum living expenses. Just your, just enough to make it through the month. So three to six months of fully funded living expenses for your emergency fund. And then you start investing about 15% of your household income for your retirement. Then you start saving money, save for whatever's important to you. Uh, He talks a lot about saving for your children's college fund, Uh, but save for what's important to you. Fund what with those, those passions that are important to you. Uh, And then once you start saving for that, you start paying off your, your home early. Uh, and then just build wealth, build wealth mm-hmm. and give it away off of that platform. Dave Ramsey has built an absolute empire, an empire. And mm-hmm. I agree with all of that for the most part, right? I would differ in, in a couple different ways, but let's start off with your starter emergency fund of a, of a thousand dollars. I don't know how many people actually have a thousand dollar emergency fund. Isn't that weird mm-hmm. to say? Didn't we say, didn't I read off a statistic a couple episodes ago where people who make a hundred thousand dollars or more, 50% of those people are a month or less away from a complete disastrous financial situation. Yeah. And I think if you're in debt, I mean, if you're, if you're in the negative being up a thousand is a long way to get to. So I think that's why even that number, I've always often thought that I think some of the emergencies I've had have been over a thousand dollars. So I, I think he's just trying to get you in the mindset to get there. That's just like you say, a baby step because in today's world, a thousand dollars, like I said, won't cover a major emergency. I'd like to understand Dave's philosophy on this, on the thousand dollar emergency fund. And cause you're right. It's, it's hardly, any emergency that I've ever been in has been more than a thousand dollars. I'd almost can't consider it an emergency. Maybe that's because I'm set up differently financially. A hundred dollar used tire might be an emergency to them Right. that we don't I think know. of an emergency and we wouldn't think of using an emergency fund for. I wouldn't personally. It just goes to show that Dave knows the state that people are in. And yeah. maybe that's the, the, and I think you're right, Kurt, the idea be- behind a thousand dollar emergency fund is just to kind of gain a little bit, a little bit of momentum, and start yeah. thinking in this way. The psychology of money, right? Right. If right. you've got a poor psychology around, poor habits around this, then that is a good start. If I were starting to pay off my debts, uh, I would probably take fifty percent of the money that I have set aside to pay off my debts. In Dave's world, in Dave Ramsey's world. He says, put it all, all to it, man. Every penny you have, get yourself a second job, uh, attack this debt. Like it's like your life depends on it because it does. Uh, That's his philosophy. Mm -hmm. I think that depending on how much debt you have, you have to put that in context because if it's going to take you five years to pay off all your debt under your current financial situation, your current income, then you've got to take a step back, I think, and say, okay, how can I live a reasonable life, not a life of a pauper where I'm wearing burlap sacks and sleeping on rocks, right? How can I, how can I still live 
some semblance of an enjoyable life for the next five years and pay off my debt. That has to be figured out because I, I just think it's unreasonable to live like that for an extended period of time. Somebody, somebody from Dave's camp might say, listen, if you put all of your resources and effort to getting out of debt, that might mean selling stuff, right? That might mean getting a second job. That might mean taking your expenses. As he says, rice and beans, beans and rice, taking your expense, your living expenses down to bare minimum and just attack this debt till to the point where you almost can't breathe until it's paid off. Mm, yeah. I'm not sure I agree with that. But if if somebody has the the intestinal fortitude to do that, I do think that's the best way to attack your debt. I just don't think many people would have the intestinal fortitude. They'd get they'd get into it at a certain level and j- just quit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost comparing this to like losing weight. You know. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to change those habits that got you in that place. It's you're you're right. It's 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 it can be difficult going like strict, hardcore could be discouraging and then you quit. What would be a what would be a good compromise there? Uh mm-hmm. I think a good compromise would probably be take that take half that money that you have to pay off your debts. The way I would start is I take half the money that I I would have to pay off debts and I would get a real emergency fund, fully funded, three months, fully funded as soon as possible. A large emergency, more than a thousand dollars can just be morally discouraging. It just could, it could just destroy your momentum Mm -hmm. and your, and your peace. I would want to get an emergency fund fully funded as soon as possible, three months right away Mm. as you're paying off debt. Once you get that three months, then attack that debt. Why do you want to have three months of living expenses? What's the purpose of that? Three to six losing your job. I think that's part of it. I think if you have three months of a fully funded emergency fund, you have some breathing room. You can say, okay, I don't have to sacrifice everything. My whole mental health right now for the sake of uh, of this debt. If all heck breaks, breaks loose and I lose my job, I have the peace of having this money set aside. Uh, that's why I think it's so important to get there as quickly as possible. That, mm. that emergency fund, just for the peace of mind that it gives you. Then some of those bigger emergencies you can handle. I mean, I, I don't know what somebody's situation is, but let's just say somebody's living expenses are $3,000 a month, bare minimum living expenses. That's $9,000. Now you might say, Joe, are you kidding me? $3,000 a month living expenses. Mm-hmm. I have my husband and my three kids and soccer and <laughs> <laughs> soccer practice. I give to church and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about what it takes to keep the lights on and, and enough food in your mouth to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Keep yeah. a roof over your head and keep the lights on. And gas mm-hmm. to get back and forth to work and your insurance. Right. I'm talking about bare minimum living expenses. Once you have three months of bare minimum living expenses, it gives you some breathing room. It gives you some peace of mind. That's why I would like to get there as soon as possible. I have almost no debt whatsoever. No consumer debt at all. I don't have, I think I can 
reasonably call myself debt free. Uh, the reason I say that is because I do have a credit card, Kurt, that I charge daily purchases to, uh, everything from food to gas to what I want to buy on Amazon, but I pay it off once a week. Wow. Once you start that process, once you decide what percent that you're going to put towards your fully funded emergency fund and pay off your debts, then you just got to attack your debts. It's reminded me of the program we watched on Netflix with Ramit Sethi and the people that were profiled. What I kind of learned from that, they all had some spending habits that I found, I don't want to say shocking, but I've always been pretty frugal with my spending. My wife has too. She's not a spender on clothes. They, they are, there was, you know, that one fellow that would go out, was it brunch? Like three times a week? I don't know. Some kind of incredible amount of money he was spending on brunch. Right. <laughs> like, right. I right. could not relate to those things that we talked about the guy with the rental space where he just had a bunch of junk that I don't know. He was kind of selling. I don't know. It was like $400 a month there. There was just so many of these expenses that is well, the reason I think why Dave Ramsey, he's talking to those people to cut those. Mm-hmm. The only way you can get out of debt is to cut those expense, those, ex, you know, extraordinary expenses. I would call them. Absolutely. Yeah. Take a good hard look at your at your budget and where your money's going and and uh Ramit does a really good job of that with those people. Yeah. Uh looks at their looks at their bank bank statements and calls them out on it, right? Yeah. And you almost have to be prepared to do that to yourself. Look at your bank statement in an honest way. Yeah. I wonder how many people really look at their bank statement up until the time they get an overdraft notice <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, for sure. But how many people actually track it and look at their bank statement? I don't balance my checking account in the old school way of balancing your checking account. I look at it all once a week. I make sure that the things that I've spent, that I've used my card on are things right. that I actually used my card on, right? Yeah, and for sure. uh, check to check to make sure it's, uh, it's not no above what I had intended yeah. to spend. Yeah. And, uh, and then I just move forward. Our digital age right now, has made it so much easier to take control of your finances. It's also made it so much easier to just ignore it. We get all of our paychecks automatically deposited it. We use debit cards and credit cards, and there's no actual cash transaction. I went on the Dave Ramsey plan years and years ago when, and I don't know if he's still doing this or not, but he he was a proponent of grandma's old envelope system Yes, where you where you budget it based on the cash that you have and you allot that cash, actual physical cash bills into envelopes. And that's right. what you use to pay off the electric yeah. bill. And that's what you use to pay the water bill. And that's what you use to pay the mortgage and you use this old fashioned envelope system. Mm-hmm. And there's a psychology to cash that I believe in. I have, I got a little spending money for myself and it was funny. I got a, a Grubhub. $20 certificate from work to get lunch for this program we were doing. And I had $5 left on it. And I got a little email saying, Hey, you still got $5 in your Grubhub. And I went to look for a Jersey Mike's sandwich, which is kind of typical of what I would get. And even I looked at Subway for lunch. You, would you believe a foot long sandwich? Both those places was over $14. Yeah. 
and I'm like, and I had, I had like $25 in my wallet. I said, if I go to Grubhub, it's going to cost me $10 for lunch. Right. <laughs> like, right. I'm not doing it. I couldn't do it, Joe. Right. I really like how, how Dave sets up his debt paying philosophy. He says, lists all of your debts, excluding your mortgage from the smallest debt to the largest debt, regardless of interest rate, right? If you have a lot of credit card debt, still list all of your debt from smallest to largest. And then you pay the minimum payments on all the debts. And then you throw whatever extra money you have at the smallest debt until that smallest debt is gone. And then right. you move on to the next smallest, smallest debt. And then the next smallest that call, he calls that the debt snowball. And it really is a great way to pay off debt. Now, some some of you math geeks out there might say, well, no, you really need to pay off the uh, the debt with the highest interest rates first, because that way you're not getting hit with the higher interest rates. And I understand that and I get it. But there's something about make about gaining momentum when you small when you pay off that small first debt completely and it's paid in full and you rip up that bill and you throw it away and you rip up that card and you're done with that card. That one, you're no longer slave to that particular master. Mm-hmm. You've, get, yeah. you've, you've, you've rid it yourself of one whole debt and you snowball that way. And it really keeps your momentum going. If you have a, if you have a particular credit card at a, at a high percent interest, but it's, it makes up 50% of your, of your debt. And you're just paying off that, paying off that, paying off that. You might have the wherewithal to do that. Most people don't. Most people need those small little victories. And that's what paying off those smallest to largest debts at a time, that's what that does for you. It gives you that small little victory. I really believe in that philosophy. Yeah. Again, it's philosophy of, of money and and you're right to get momentum. And he thinks that's far and above, but more important than that interest, you know, the extra payments you're making. Plus you take that debt that you just paid off and now whatever you were paying minimum on that goes towards the next one. That's the snowball yep. effect, right? Yep. And yeah, I think that's one. It's a good idea. And then you, the next you can one, argue. Yeah. I, again, I, we talked about this a little bit in finances. I, I think, you know, who was it that we were, it was in the psychology of money, that particular mm-hmm. author, I think Morgan was his first name, but he was talking about how freeing it was to pay off his mortgage at a young age and yep. that not being something any financial advisor would recommend. But I don't know. I Again, I like the philosophy of it tremendously to have a place to live no matter what. Again, speaking of sleeping well at night. Uh, Absolutely. What's more there, important? There's a, there's a yeah. freedom to that. There, there's a yeah. there's a freedom to that. Being debt free, it offers a, a significant level of financial freedom and mental freedom, yeah. without without this burden of debt repayments. Uh, your money, your money, Kurt, becomes fully yours to use right. as you want to, as you see fit. It's completely yours to use however you want to use it. Uh, once you've once you've paid off all of your debt. And you talk about a reduction in stress and anxiety. Uh, you no longer have obligations to these creditors. Uh, there is a real sense of freedom. It extends to making choices about your career. Uh, you may you may be in a in a high paying job that you hate, but you have to stay in this high paying job that you hate 
because of the debt that you have. Once you've gotten rid of that debt and you've got a hold of your lifestyle and you're living well, living well beneath your means, there's a freedom there, man. Mm, There's a freedom there. You can spend on things that truly make a difference in your life that can make the difference in other people's lives. So I love the freedom that living debt-free brings me. Now, I want to talk about uh, just a little caveat here. I'm talking about personal consumer debt, because I do believe as long as you're protected under a certain business structure or a certain corporate structure, uh, I do believe that leveraging business debt uh, for business can be a good thing, but you have to be very careful. I wouldn't want to leverage any kind of debt for me personally, but if you're protected under a, under a corporate structure, uh, I do believe that, that leveraging business debt uh, can be beneficial. In very limited circumstances, uh, I think it. I think it can be beneficial, but I'm not going to go into go into that here. I'm just yeah. talking about personal debt because uh, somebody. I'm, I'm I'm sure somebody would tell me, well, you you know you can you can take debt and uh, if you have debt at a seven percent loan and you can leverage that into this investment or leverage that into real estate mm-hmm. and you get twelve percent return or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And I've said I said this before. I'm not sure I'm smart enough to figure all that out, Kurt. <laughs> I <laughs> I just I need to keep it simple, dude. I need to keep it simple. The freedom that that being debt free, paying off all your debt, brings somebody, it, yeah. it's it's life changing. It really is life changing. I always think about again that movie. I don't know if we've talked about it before, Shawshank Redemption. Oh yeah. I think we've talked about it. He's digging that that behind the wall he's he's digging a little bit for 20 25 years to for his freedom it's just that that little bit that you know nose to the grindstone if you want to call it that over and over again just repetitive sameness but you know at the end of the that tunnel is freedom and uh, yeah i think that's i think that is the best way to get your finances in order, just, you know, old school doing it over and over again. It's not sexy. (laughs) That's not sexy at all. Uh, So let's, let's talk about how to attack this debt. Uh, we, We spoke about it a little bit earlier. If you're significantly in debt, you may have to think about getting a second job until you can get a handle on this debt. Uh, you, you may need to think about dramatically reducing your lifestyle to get a handle on this debt, but for crying out loud, please start saving for an emergency fund because that by itself, that's your first taste of freedom is that emergency fund. If you have three months of an emergency fund, fully funded, that's your very first taste of freedom. That's why I think you should do a dual process or a parallel process in paying off your debt and creating that three to six months of an emergency fund. Because if you wait until you pay off all your debt before you create that emergency fund, I think you're asking for trouble. But I also think that there's something psychologically that goes on when you get that little taste to know by having that emergency fund. And you you know that if all heck break, breaks loose, at least I'm covered here. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty analytical too. So there's a lot of great calculators, spreadsheets that you can play around with too and moving money around. I think Ramit was doing that with, Hey, if I cut this expense, 
to get my percentage down to 40 or to 50, 60% of my expenses, you know, to living expenses, those kinds of things. I think for me, they're helpful. I, I enjoy playing those little scenarios and the same thing for savings. You know, like you're saying, I could be paying this debt down. It'll take me this amount. It'll tell you how long it's going to take you if you keep that constant and you can put in your debt payments, credit card payments, and that whole snowball. You can figure that out. There's lots of calculators on the internet to do that, but then just say, Hey, I could be putting the, you know, let's put this much in a savings. How long it would take me to get to that number. I love, I love tools like that because, Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a tool like that, it can show you the light at the end of the tunnel. It can show you that on, that can show you that on June 22nd, uh, 2025, you will be 100% debt free. That's, that's seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Uh, that's, that's, that knows that if you keep this going, cause that date is coming, right? Mm-hmm. That unless you die, that date is coming. Where will you be on that date? Mm-hmm. You know, you can think about that, about that for anything. You can think about that for weight loss. You say, okay, well, man, it's going to, if I, if I have to take off 50 pounds, that's going to take me a year to take off 50 pounds. If I do it slowly, uh, or six months, if I have to take off 50 mm-hmm. pounds, that six months is going to come. That mm-hmm. six months is going to come, right, Kurt? Yeah. And you're going at when that six months comes, you're going to look back at this pa- at the past six months, and you're going to ask, "Why didn't I just do it? Why didn't yeah. I just do it and get it over with?" Yeah, and you're talking about the stress that this can cause, and one thing that can relieve the stress, I find, is is doing the planning and get sitting down and, and doing these things. But once you have that plan, you're starting to take action. That does relieve this, a lot of the stress too, and you can see it as you see it start to work. I think that definitely helps in sleeping better at night. <laughs> when I think about living debt free, I, I think about freedom. We just talked about freedom. I think about focus. Uh, I think about living life without the distraction of debt, so you can concentrate more on your on your real and true personal and professional goals. It frees up your creative bandwidth to do stuff like actually save for retirement if you want to, or invest in personal development or pursue hobbies. You really can focus on the things that are important to you in your life when you live, when you first become, and then you live debt-free. It gives you the bandwidth and the focus to make the decisions that you truly want. Freedom and focus and the lifestyle that it can bring you is second to none. I, I live a pretty simple lifestyle, uh, but because I'm debt-free, Kurt, my wife and I do have some uh, have some liberties that we wouldn't have if we weren't debt-free. Mm-hmm. We have some liberties to help people in need. Uh, we have some liberties to travel at a, on a limited level because I'm still pretty frugal uh, and do some of those leisure activities that we want to do. Uh, we have the liberties to make a to make great memories with our kids and our grandkids. I just, I think about freedom and I think about focus and I think about the lifestyle that living debt free can bring somebody. I like trying to focus on some of these frugal things and looking at every aspect. One thing I did today, Joe, now I spent some money, but I got it on sale. I got a crock pot today. I'm gonna make- All right. All right. Welcome <laughs> to 1997, dude. <laughs> it's a... It's awesome. 
I got a nice, well, we never had, we had a small one. And so I, I got a nice big one. I, I got a real piece, cheap piece of uh hamburger for like $5 hamburger beans. And yeah, that was my dinner. It's going to probably be a couple of nights of dinner for about $10, you know, but I love those kinds of meals, you know, making your own meals like that. And especially in the winter, the soups and the stews and chili I made today. So I, boy, I've loved it. I, I had fun with it. It was like a whole, you know, I made it was like a little game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I I covered everything that I I I wanted to cover on being debt free and how Dave Ramsey uh, structures his his seven steps. Because some of these steps, seven steps beyond the the seven steps beyond the fully funded emergency fund is more what to do with your money after you become debt free. Uh, invest fifteen percent of your household income into retirement and save for your children's college fund or something else that might be important to you and then get your home paid off uh, and then build wealth and give. Uh, those are, those are some of the things that, that you can do once you become debt-free, but I really invite you to explore living debt-free, getting completely out of debt, get those monkeys off your back, no longer become a, a slave to the lender. I'd ask you to consider to live debt-free, become and live Debt free. Set yourself up a plan that works for you, but make sure you're doing two things immediately. Start saving for an emergency fund and start using some kind of debt snowball process where you list all of your debts from smallest to largest and just attack it like like there's no tomorrow. I think that total money makeover book is still relevant. I was just looking it up. I think it's I'm looking at 2007 but the principles are still the same. I don't know the last time it had been updated, but it, they're simple principles. They're grandma's old savings yeah. principles, right? And yeah. they're simple principles, but simple's not always easy. Mm-hmm. But wow, yeah. once you once you once you do the hard work, you you will not regret it. You will not regret it. You know what, Kurt? I think we're going to wrap good. it up right there. What do you think? Sounds good, Joe. How about a win for the week? You got one for us? Yeah, Joe, I got interested in my family history several years ago. I was looking at some correspondence I had back about 1999. A fellow reached out to me. He knew I had some family history. He was doing some genealogy project and on his own family, and he had some information that I didn't have. He he helped me trace my family, the Stone family, to what he said at the time was Samuel, Reverend Samuel Stone, who founded Hartford, one of the couple of the Puritan ministers that founded Hartford. And I was pretty confident he was right, but through a couple of things that were going on, my son telling me I'm going to have a grandson soon, got me thinking. And I hadn't been into Ancestry.com in a while, so I got a free account, started looking in there, and I started seeing some discrepancies that it wasn't this Reverend Samuel, but it was a Samuel, a Reverend Samuel, but it was a different one. And his sons, they founded Guilford, Connecticut, which is on the shore in Connecticut. And I learned that, and I'm forget is I think it's Whitlock. There's an old stone home there that's a national, uh, like museum, and the state of Connecticut's put a lot of money into it. They had a virtual tour, and essentially, my family when they came over from England, 
started that community in Guilford, Connecticut, and was part of that. So I could go down there and and read about them. And uh, his name was William Stone. And then I followed his path up to you know my current ancestry. And I'm I was like start thinking, boy, I wonder what I wonder if my ancestors were in the Revolutionary War. And would you believe? I'm looking at the time period. I found records. I found this record of basically the, what they call the muster roll or where you're the piece of paper, the actual piece of paper where this William Stone signed up to be in the American Revolution. And it's in the Connecticut 7th Regiment. And he had a very famous Colonel Swift that apparently was one of George Washington's favorites. And not only that, I don't know how I stumbled into this, but I found out that regiment was at Valley Forge. And I was able to go onto a website, search his name, and see him come up as being at Valley Forge under Washington and this colonel. So I was just shocked. I even I found other records of payroll from from that time period and some little expedition he did in New York State on a horse that he was paid for. <laughs> so for three years wow. he served in the American Revolution. Yeah. That is very exciting. And I'm a big American yeah. history, American Revolutionary War buff. Thomas Jefferson may be my favorite historic figure. So I love, I love stuff like this, man. Now, how did you, uh, this is ancestry.com. Is that right? Primarily. Yeah. Ancestor.com. There was another website, which is, these are my resources for the week. Familysearch.org is, I believe the, the Mormon. They're very well known for the records that they've kept on family histories. And there was a great lineage there that someone else had, you know, researched that, just gave me more evidence of what I was finding. I think that's where I've noticed the discrepancy in that those Samuel stones. They weren't the, they weren't the right one. Cause the dates of birth were not right. It's like they didn't match. Um, so that's how I, I was able to trace that back and, and make sure that I, yeah, it was a different one. But, you know, I started thinking, you know, at the time of the revolutionary war, my family who came here in the 1640s, whatever it was, I don't have it committed to memory, but that's only like a hundred years previous. Maybe there were family stories and, you know, they were basically chased out of England. So there could have been some sore feelings <laughs> towards the English wow. from my ancestors was kind of my way of thinking. Cause three, it looked like three of the boys and his brother was Aaron. His name was, he was, uh, he had a corporal. He was a sergeant or something. I forget. He was a little higher rank. So I could see three brothers that were in the revolutionary war at the time. Yeah. So very, that's amazing. And I even chased my mother's family a little bit. Well, I'll get into too much detail, but found that they were from Farmington, Connecticut, primarily the roots. My mom's maiden name is, and he was, I found another, one of my ancestors from my mother's side in the American revolution. So her family was been around here. Same, same kind of story. I didn't get as much clarity going back, but definitely came into Boston and then into Hartford area and Farmington area through that direction. And definitely was, yeah, the root family, which is my mom's maiden name, uh, has the same kind of roots here in new England. 
<laughs> man, how cool is that? that is <laughs> my boys cool. are like, my boys are freaking out. They're like, this is, they're like, wow. They're like blown away. I'll, I'll show you the pictures I have of these documents. It's fascinating. That is cool. Yeah. That yeah. is cool, man. I can Thanks. tell that you're, you're really excited about this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's cool that I know, you know, I can follow and trace back. I mean, the other thing I found was my, my dad's grandfather and their family, his dad, and he's young at the, at the family farm in Burlington, a picture from 1915. And that was in ancestry.com. Someone had put up there. My dad's, I got not showed it to him yet. He's really excited to see that. So when his dad was a boy on the farm in Burlington, <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah. How about you? What's your win for the week? You know, I, I recently started an old new job. I got some feedback uh, this week from the executive team uh, of the organization, and they talked about how pleased they are with the positive energy, the focus, and the sense of community that I've brought to the culture. And that really makes me feel good. I do bring uh, a significant amount of revenue-producing activity as well, and they talked about that. But they also talked about the positive energy that I bring and the focus and the sense of community. Uh, to the culture. And that just made me feel good. Uh, even sure more does. so than yeah. the, even more so than the revenue producing uh, activity that had some success since I came back. And yeah, I just felt really good about that. I felt, I felt mm-hmm. that, Hey, we're, we're human beings working with other human beings and we need to, we need to lift people up and help people focus and encourage them and, mm-hmm. and move individual people forward. Cause when you move individual people forward, Kurt, uh, you move the whole culture forward. I do believe that. So how about a resource or was that your resource? The- yeah. So I talked about ancestry.com and there isn't, there is a cost to that. If you want to really, I had a lot of records already, so I was just looking to accomplish a couple of things, but you could pay that cost. And I, you know, one thing my mom said, yeah. One thing my wife said was to do the DNA on my dad and possibly my mom too, they have specials in ancestry.com for the DNA. And that's also quite fascinating. I've, my wife and I have done ours, but she said, try, I think my father would get a kick out of that too. So, but familysearch.org is a, another one that that's a free one. You could start there and see what records are out there. If you're interested in your family history. Awesome, man. What fun. Mine is a bit thematic for our show today. I know last week I used Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover, so I jumped the gun a bit. I wish I would have used that one for today. This is where I I part a little bit with Dave Ramsey. Uh, I think a good credit score is very important. Uh, it it helps you significantly through life in in ways that uh, don't necessarily involve debt, that don't necessarily involve borrowing money. You know, if you're, if you're trying to get an apartment, a good credit score will get you, will give you a more likelihood of, of securing a department and maybe at a lower payment, right? Or right. less of a deposit. Good credit rating can help you with lower insurance. So I do think a good credit rating is an important part of your financial planning and your financial uh, mindset. Having a good credit rating really makes it easier. And I think a really good tool for that is an app called Credit Karma. And we talked about Credit Karma last week, I believe. Uh, Credit Karma doesn't really give you the the most popular uh, credit ratings, 
but it does give you direction. It does tell you how you're doing. Uh, they use a they use a credit system called Vantage or a credit rating system called Vantage, and the but the most popular credit rating system is FICO, like FICO eight or FICO nine. Uh, everybody knows about their about the FICO score. So keeping your credit rating up is important. I do believe that, and this little app Credit Karma can really help you do that. It's completely free, and it give you can check your credit rating at any given moment. And it gives you instant access to your credit report right now. In fact, at this very moment, in real time, I'm looking at two full credit reports. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I didn't remember the commercials that <laughs> used to be on television. They were yeah. kind of comical, if I remember right. But yeah, good to know that it's free, too. I like free. <laughs> yeah, me too. How about your quote? <laughs> He that lieth down with dogs shall rise up with fleas. <laughs> ben Franklin. Awesome, so, man. You are a, you, you do quote Ben Franklin a lot. I like that. Well, one. I've been researching Ben for an upcoming podcast. I, I like these whimsical sayings. He, I guess, used animal metaphors to convey moral lessons quite a bit. And this saying advises against associating with undesirable company. If you lie down with dogs, you're going to rise up with fleas. Absolutely. I like it. Cute. I like it. Yeah. That has nothing to do with money, but it's a good visual too, man. It's a good visual. You know, mine comes from Will Rogers. And if I've used this already, I apologize, but I love this quote. It's one of my favorite quotes about money. It's about my, one of my favorite quotes about mindset, money mindset. Uh, I really like this quote. It's almost a, uh, it's almost a theme that you can use to, to judge everything that you do financially. It comes from Will Rogers. Too many people spend money that they haven't earned to buy things they don't want to impress people they don't like. <laughs> Again, old timer with timeless wisdom. It, and I have seen that in my life, Kurt. Yeah. I've, I've done stuff and I've spent money on things to, to be a part of a crowd of people that when I think back, I'm like, I didn't even really like them, <laughs> but it, somehow I thought I needed to impress them to have a certain either business status, a job social status, status yeah. social status, fit whatever in. it might be yeah. right to fit in. And once you can learn to let go of that. Once you learn to not to stop spending money that you don't even have, really, if you're in debt, that's not your money. Yeah. That's not your money. That's somebody else's money. And you're buying things you don't want to impress people you don't like. Thank you. Will yeah, it can be hard. I love that quote. I, I love that too. S- similar whimsical from Will Rogers, like Ben Franklin. And yeah, you know, it's, it takes a strong person to tell someone, you know what? If they're going out somewhere, they're doing all these things. And you're just like, you know, guys, I just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It. Or, you know, even, even if you don't want to go that deep to say, I can't yeah. afford it, you could just say, I don't want to. Yeah. And the reason you don't want to is because you don't feel like you have the money. And the reason that you don't have the money is because you're, you're paying off all your debts. And yeah. in, in, in a short period of time, you're going to be living larger than they've ever thought about living. And then, you yeah. don't, and then at that time, you won't want to. It's great to be strong and say no. 
Yep, absolutely. My favorite word. Well, we're wrapping up right there. Our website is dudesinprogress.com, dudesinprogress.com. If you want to send us an email, dudes at dudesinprogress.com is how you can reach us. Remember, Kurt, if you're trying to get out of debt, be kind to yourself. Progress is better than perfection. Just keep moving forward. Let's do better next week, Joe. We certainly will. Talk to you soon, friend. Bye.